You are now tuned in to the Hot Dog Stand Chronicles. Extraordinary people with extraordinary stories. Sitting down with a hot dog extraordinaire himself, Mike Rudd. Now, on to the Chronicle. Inventing. Where are all the inventors in a world that has already invented everything? Well, I got one sitting right next to me on my new podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm your host, Marketing Fun with Mike, a.k.a. Mike Rudd, and these are the Hot Dog Stand Chronicles, real interviews with real hot dog extraordinaires, and they have one goal, to tell their story and to hopefully inspire you and give you some ideas to set out with finding your own hot dog stand, a.k.a. a passion or calling in your career and your life and launching your own project that you believe in. If you enjoy the podcast and want to join my fun community, head to my website, marketingfunwithmike.com, and sign up for my newsletter. You get a free PDF of my story guide, Three Hot Dogs Cooked and Served, that gives you actionable takeaways to live the life you want and deserve. So I am pumped to be sitting next to Chris Hawker today, founder of Trident Design, and the inventor of, quite frankly, for an introduction, too many things to name. Trident is a full-service invention incubator in the spirit of Edison's lab, and they're about transforming everyday tasks into opportunities to enjoy life. Chris, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? Fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you, man. Uh, let's uh, tell us a little bit about your story and how you have found a way to live your passion in life. Sure. So I got started inventing as a teenager. I had an aquarium maintenance business that I ran out of the fish store that I worked in. So I would go to offices and rich people's houses to take care of their fish tanks. And I started having ideas for improved filters. And so I decided I would go about having them built in order to sell them to my clients. And I enrolled someone with an acrylic fabrication company to teach me how to fabricate an acrylic. And then we would build my filters and sell them to my clients. So that's when I discovered I had a passion for inventing and problem solving and also that you could make money doing that. So while I was in college at Ohio State University, national champs, that's right. That's people, right. That's right. Uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I was selling these filtration components that I designed. And then towards the end of my uh, college career, I graduated with a degree in comparative religion. I designed an algae scraper, which is, you know, a blade on a stick for removing algae from an aquarium. But I'd been doing this professionally in my, you know, pre-college life. And I knew there was an opportunity for a product designed for people who are serious because what you could buy at the time was very low quality, very disappointing, especially if you had to do it a lot. And so basically for my own benefit, I designed a professional quality unit, something akin to a carpenter's hammer instead of what amounted to a toy that you could buy on the market at the time. So I introduced the product right around the time I graduated from college and thought I'd sell a few thousand a year. I ended up selling 35,000 the first year. And I was making about two bucks a piece. And selling them at wholesale, I was still making pretty good money on them. And uh, as a result, I had some income at that moment and I never had to go get a job with my uh, comparative religion degree, uh, which was fortunate though actually I'm a big proponent of liberal arts education. It, it's invaluable if you want to just learn how to be smarter and talk about things in an intelligent way and digest a lot of information. Anyway, 
So I started selling these algae scrapers and realized that there was a career path for me there. I loved what I was doing. It was exciting to see my products on shelves and hear people's satisfaction from using them. And so I decided I would just make that my career. I rented an office and started going there eight hours a day like it was my job. And the thing is, I had no idea what I was doing. I'd end up playing pinball for like five hours a day <laughs> because I, there was a pinball arcade next door. And I, and I became pretty, pretty good at pinball. There's a lot of more skill there than you might initially imagine, like so many parts of life. Anyhow, and I, but I was like, well, this is what I want to do. And so I'm going to commit the time to it so that I can figure it out. And then I would go and just think, what could I do? What can I do? What can I do? And I'd come up with something, I'd do it, and then I'd be, okay, now what do I do? But after about six to eight months, I was to the point where I was finding plenty to fill my day. I hired my first employee, and then my second employee started working on more projects as well as getting hired to do industrial design work. I wasn't a designer, but I found myself to be a pretty good creative director, helping manage designers, and uh, pretty good at sales. So that was sort of the genesis of Trident, the name Trident coming from the fact that I was originally doing aquarium products, which are aquatic, and I wanted an aquatic, cool-sounding name. That's where that came from. And, and today, the Trident has come to be fun, impact, and profit. Those are the three uh, pillars of success for us. So Awesome. That's the those are three origin good, story. Those are three good pillars to have, I think. You know, it's a funny segue real fast. I do know about the art of pinball. My father, uh, my friends in high school, and I nicknamed him <clears throat> the pinball wizard. Um, he has 10 pinball machines in his wow. basement. Oh, man. And so he uh, takes care of them. It's his hobby, and he kicks my butt anytime I want to play. So I do understand that you can actually oh, become good at pinball. A, my, my brother, as good as I ever got, my brother is still 10 times the player I am. You can like stall the ball, cause it to stop, and the end of your paddle is flying around like insanity. Suddenly, it's just sitting still. The end of your paddle. Maybe we should have those two go on a, a duel one a duel. day. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you you talk about your the projects and inventions. How how do you guys best try to help people every day when you're looking at a project? Is how do you look at it from do you look at it from the consumer's end of things, or do you look at it from a wholesale end, or so? So the way my company works, it's evolved many times. Every year, basically, I reinvent the company. It's, the, the landscape has changed dramatically from when I started. When I started, there was no email, or at least not you know, in, the, in the general populace, and there was no internet. So I'd go to the library, check out something called the Thomas Register, which is a giant set of encyclopedia-looking books that were like the yellow pages for manufacturers. And then I'd call them one after the other to figure out what they did and have them teach me what they did so that I could determine whether or not they could help. Um, so, you know, over and over, I've had to reinvent the company. I explored licensing, got into licensing products, licensed dozens of inventions, as well as then starting to help inventors do their thing. And then recently, the company's moved into crowdfunding. So today, there's 20 people on the team, uh, 10 of whom are industrial designers. And about a third of what we do is are still working on our own inventions. A third is doing corporate industrial design. And a third is helping independent inventors, people with ideas. And what we can do for them is people come to us, present an idea. And the first thing is give them a sense of like what's possible with their idea. Is it a good economic opportunity? Because not every great idea is an economic opportunity. Some, some ideas are like killer ideas, but the market's too small or the product will be too expensive to develop 
relative to your resources and or the addressable market. So you've got to pick an idea that is feasible for you considering your resources and expertise that has a market that will eagerly adopt it that's easy to get to. Because there are some great ideas that it's just where would you sell it and you can't figure out the store that would sell the product and so it's going to be hard to get to distribution even if there are a lot of people who might want it. So there are factors that the uh, Nubian into the invention world might not immediately be aware of that can constrain the potential for success. So first we help them navigate that. Is, is this something worth pursuing? Um, the next step is checking to make sure it's novel, doing some research. We call it a deep dive, keeping that aquatic theme alive. I like it. Where uh, we do patent and market research because first of all, everyone who comes in thinks their idea is original and 80% of them are 100% wrong. So why is that? Because people don't really do the research. They think because they haven't seen it before that it doesn't exist. And if they did some research, they did some very cursory research. We go in deep. Mm -hmm. We call it a deep dive because I mean we got like eight to ten hours of online research between the internet, uh, Google, and the patent database. So we do very thorough because if you're going to spend thousands, tens, and tens of thousands of dollars developing an invention, you want to be very clear that you're not wasting your time. And it's amazing to me because I meet people all the time who never took this step and are like a hundred thousand dollars into their invention, only to discover then that someone else had a patent. So that's an important first step. Never never skip it. Do your own research. Be freaking diligent. Yes. And don't cut corners here because you can waste a lot of money very quickly in this game. It is not easy and it's not necessarily cheap. What it is is exciting and potentially very lucrative. It's high risk, high reward. So to do it right costs some money. And so it's not necessarily like something that you can't can do if you don't have wherewithal it's not just about having the idea there are a few idea submission companies namely edison nation and quirky where you can just submit an idea and have some chance of winning some compensation if the product gets made real but you're getting a much smaller piece than you do if you like fund the project yourself um, so those are great op options for people who don't need or can't afford to control the destiny of their product um, but the way we work is if the idea gets through the research phase, then we turn the idea into a product. That means an industrial design team gets thrown on it and turns the idea from you know idea to sketches to models to CAD files to 3D prototypes to you know all the way through to a highly refined prototype. Sometimes it takes two or three prototypes to get to a highly refined prototype. And the cost depends dramatically depending on the complexity of the device, if it's electronic or simple, but really, uh, you know, it can easily be, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 on the low end. And the sky's the limit. We've done projects for 200000 plus. So, like, it uh, just depends uh, on how long it takes. And some things take a long time to do. And especially you get electronics involved, the budgets go up dramatically. So, on the following that, so like now you've got this great prototype and then you put together a great looking presentation and then you've got two op opportunities to make money from ideas. It's not like there are a million, there are two. You can either license it, meaning someone else takes it over and makes it and sells it and pays you a royalty, or you can manufacture it and sell it yourself. And then there's crowdfunding, which isn't actually instead of one of those other things, it's like something you can do in addition to those 
as an interim step. So like once you've got that prototype, you can crowdfund it, which raises money and more importantly, even awareness and gets market validation. And then you can use the money from the crowdfunding to produce the product and start the company where you're going to manufacture and sell it. Or you can use the validation as a way to leverage yourself into a licensing deal with preferential rates over what you normally get. And it's easier to do because of that market validation. So those are your end games. And that's kind of like the whole story right there, A to Z, if you've got an idea what you can do with it and what it looks like. Awesome. I think you need to get a little cut from the Shark Tank guys. And they have what you were talking about. There is a disclaimer for all the people who watch that show and then goes, it seems like so many times people walk in and they spend all this hundreds of thousands of dollars and Mark Cuban says, well, did you get a patent yet? And they said, no. And he's like, well, there's already this invention out there. So right. um, it's, it's crazy to me. It's one of my constant sources of amazement, how willing people are to spend money on something that they haven't tested. And the reason why is because they don't want to find out bad news. They mm -hmm. don't do the research because they consciously, they're like, well, I don't want to find it. It'll ruin, it'll, it'll ruin, ruin my, ruin my day. Yeah. It'll ruin my day. It'll ruin. And this idea is the proof that I'm a genius, that I'm special. Let me tell you people, you are special and it's not just because of your idea. There's a lot of ideas out there. Don't attach yourself worth to that and don't, you know, get attached to the idea such that you ignore signs that the economic opportunity isn't there because this is a business. This is not magic or something that defies the normal logic of business. People think they've got an idea and this is worth a million dollars. And there are no such thing as million dollar ideas. There's only million dollar executions. And to create a million dollar execution probably costs you at least a few hundred thousand bucks. So it's like, it's <laughs> not, end. yeah, it's not get rich quick either. It takes time. Like people have this idea from the world of apps and all the stories about, oh, guy did this and then like a year later he was a billionaire well that's extraordinarily rare in the world of hard goods i mean it's extraordinarily rare everywhere by the way in the app world too that's happening because there's millions of people making apps well in the universe of like inventions and hard products it's even more rare and the vast majority of products succeed at a lower level than that but they succeed but as a result of a tremendous amount of toil as a tremendous amount of commitment, dedication, passion, and overcoming countless obstacles. And never does a product development process go smoothly, even on the simplest product. It's called hardware because it's hard, people. And they <laughs> should call it very hardware because it is not for the faint of heart. Though at the same time, it's totally possible. I do it all the time. And it's risky, but it's not so risky that you can't make a business out of it if you're smart about it. And, and Pay attention to the world and like learn, educate yourself. All these things are doable. It's not actually intellectually challenging. Nothing I do takes any special amount of smarts. What it takes is being clear about your goals and giving yourself clear, clear and fair assessments of your situation so you're making good business decisions and making a lot of judgment calls. So like how good is your judgment? That's way more important to your success in this and in life in general, then how smart are you? Being smart is as often as not gets in your way because you think that the solution to everything is being smart. It's not. Godin, Godin's new book, Seth talks about, it's called Now It's Your Turn. And he talks a lot in that book about how stop <laughs> fooling around with the notion that if you fail, it means you're an idiot because that's what people think. 
the real successful people are the ones that come up with a great idea and it fails for some reason. Mm -hmm. They come up with another great idea and it's already taken. They come up with another, but they don't back down from that and they don't convince themselves that they're dumb or unsuccessful or they shouldn't try it again. Try, 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 keep trying. And then eventually if you do that, you're going to find something. Right. They, well, they talk about character being, there's like different character traits that are important to success that are much more important than anything else in predicting your ultimate success. And, and the one character trait that they've identified that far and away indicates future success is called grit. And like, if you got grit, you'll be successful. It means you don't give up in the face of breakdowns. And to your point, like failure is, is like a bad word, but what it is talking about isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like all events are neutral. And so failure is a word where you're saying, I ran an experiment and I didn't get the result I want. And now I should beat myself up and feel bad about myself. I'm a failure. Whereas like a scientist who's running an experiment has a hypothesis, tests his hypothesis. He's not like, oh my God, this chemical reaction didn't work out the way I thought it would. I'm a failure. You know I mean? It's like, he might, he's probably not a very good scientist, but generally Get more excited. Right. He's like, I ruled out a possibility. And basically, uh, my VP of sales here tried on his name, Andy Welty, and he's been in sales for 30 plus years. And he, he likes to tell this, the Babe Ruth story that uh, I'm sure. You, yeah, I know it, but let's tell the audience. <laughs> which is, you know, people don't know Babe Ruth was not only the home run king, um, which record, you know, has been broken by other people. But the record he has, which still stands, he's got the most number of strikeouts of anyone in baseball history. And his reaction to a strikeout was always, that's okay, I'm one at bat closer to my next home run. So failure is just an experiment that didn't yield the results you were hoping for, and so you get a chance to do your next experiment instead of seeing it as proof about something about your, you know, value or your intelligence or whatever it is, you know, your self-worth. And really what it is is an opportunity to prove you got grit by overcoming the failure. Outside of grit, what are two other practices? Because I think that's one, having grit. Two other practices or traits you would immediately tell someone to implement to start creating more in their lives. Taking massive action. So... You know, I, I grew up, I was good at school. I got good grades and good test scores. And so for many years, I outsmarted myself. I thought that if I, because I, you know, was told I was intelligent, that the, the secret was if I just gathered enough information, I would know the right answer. And then I would be able to take action knowing that my actions were going to produce the results that I wanted. That was my hypothesis, which I tested over and over and over and got the wrong results over and over and over as I, you know, would think things and overthink things and then eventually finally take action after tremendous amounts of analysis. And then I would or wouldn't get the result I wanted, but it took me so long to take each action that I was like doing just a certain number of experiments in a period of time. What I've learned over the years and like, because as I noticed was usually after all this analysis, I would end up back where I started. Like 90% of the time, I'd end up with exactly where I started. My first impulse, first instinct was the right one. And all the analysis proved that out. So now what I've started doing is I don't think about anything. I shut off my mind. It's still there, informing me, 
things, but I'm not relying on it. I'm actually trusting my instincts. And the first impulse that comes to mind was generated by the same brain. Like it's still there and as smart as it is or isn't. Um, but so like taking action immediately off the thought instead of thinking that now I need to think about this and make sure I'm not making a mistake because now I'm taking like so many more actions than I used to probably like four or five times as much in, in a week because I'm just making decisions and going that I have far more opportunities to get results and I make better decisions actually because I'm trusting myself based on my experience and also my just intuition so I think you know that's the the single biggest contributor to success other than not giving up is doing a lot and I just see it around me all the time so many people are like I'm not successful and then you're like well what have you done and everything they've done is like the amount of stuff if you're really focused you could do in a day or an afternoon and they've done it over months and you're just like man I'm hustling scrambling here all the time to build this company because I got a big vision and it's going to take a lot of results to to live into that and that just takes constant massive action that's great. My wife and I pick a theme every year for our years, and hers this year is action. 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 Just taking action. The other second uh, one that I really believe in is, is passion. Like passion is loving what you do and being super excited about it, and it's like almost hackneyed. Everyone, there's people saying, you should follow your passion, follow your passion, follow your passion. And then there's other people now like saying, this is BS, you know, this whole follow your passion, you just need to get a real job, and, you know, I come down on the passion side of you want to love what you do. It's your life, actually. You get this one life, and maybe you have an afterlife, or you're reborn. It's kind of academic. You've got this one life here and that you get to use. Do it doing exactly what you love. Because you, there, uh, Jim Carrey recently had that thing which is spread around, which is just so brilliant. He's like, you can just as easily fail doing something you hate as something you love. So why wouldn't you do something you love? Because... If you fail, and again, like if we're going to accept failure even as a concept, but if you do, it matters a whole lot less if you were loving what you were doing while you were doing it. So like chase your dreams, be unreasonable, be passionate, be excited. My, my biggest pet peeve in the whole world is irony. Like <laughs> people who are too cool to get excited about things and thinks that it's uncool to be excited about things are the uncoolest people around. Like get excited, get worked up. Scream and shout, jump up and down. That's the kind of level of excitement you need to unlock in yourself in order to overcome the obstacles and stay motivated when things are tough and to get other people excited about what you're doing because nothing happens without other people getting excited about what you're doing. And if you're like, this is my dream, it's going to be awesome, I swear, you know, like people aren't going to be enrolled. People aren't going to be like, you're right, that isn't exciting. They're going to be bored and walk away. They don't even finish listening to you. So get excited, take action, never give up. There's a recipe. I was, I was going to say, you know, uh, my final question was going to be any final words of wisdom for someone who's trying to live a life they want and deserve. But I think we I think we just nailed it right That's there. It right That's there. it. Boom, right. people, you got it right here. You the must complete be, recipe. Chris got so excited. He just he wanted to wrap that one up so he could just jump right into the lightning round questions, I think is what it was. Uh, sure thing. Lightning <laughs> round. I love it. All right. One word staring at you, staring at you in the bathroom mirror when you wake up in the morning. What would it be? <sighs> Presence. Love it. I love it. Being my whole theme this year is 
digging deep with stuff and being present wherever you are. Right. The, the past doesn't exist. It's, it's an illusion. The future doesn't exist. It's an illusion. It's a thing created by your brain that rob you of your power most of the time. So being present in the moment, that's, that's number one thing. What is, in the history of the world, in your eyes, the single coolest invention? Single coolest invention. You know, there was a, uh, a global survey done a few years ago, and the single most important invention in the world was a toothbrush. And I and I kind of I kind of want to go with toothbrush. Like maybe it's not the coolest, but it's like it's, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. Before people just died of mouth rot, and that was horrible. So kind of go with toothbrush. I like it. What is uh you know you talk about that vision? What what do you want Trident Design, especially for a company you change every year? What do you want it to be in five years? I want Trident Design to be you know have a global uh, stature as an innovation platform, the, a place giving birth to the most innovative, amazing, and cool things in the planet. Awesome. One person everyone needs to pay attention to in the world a little bit more. I mean, Dean Kamen, who is an inventor who owns DECA. He invented the Segway, which wasn't his greatest invention. Uh, gets a lot of things, but he's also invented countless other unbelievably amazing things and uh, is really like one of the smartest and most generous and important people alive today and, and a lot of people know about him but far more don't and it's like he should be as famous as LeBron James because he's having an unbelievable impact on the world. Awesome. What goes on a Chris style hot dog? A Chris style hot dog is uh, generally some, uh, you know, I go pretty classic mustard and ketchup. I like dill relish. Dill Very relish. nice. I like that too. Spicy mustard. Thank you. Thanks again, uh, Chris, for coming on the show. Uh, how can people best keep in touch with you and Trident Design to see your guys' work? So our website's at uh, trident-design.com. And then I have also inventorsmind.com where I have my uh, blog, podcast, and videos all under the Inventors Mind brand there. And uh, yeah, we're very accessible. We put out a lot of content to, to freely educate inventors or people with ideas, trying to turn those ideas into income. So please give us a follow, check us out, and uh, reach out. If you have an idea, feel free to give us a call and submit your idea through our website. It's like 19 bucks to get an appointment to have us review your thing. And you can find out whether or not that idea you've been toying with for the last 10 years and keeping secret from your wife <laughs> is worth worrying about any longer. Awesome. I love that. Until the next edition of the Hot Dog Stand Chronicles, uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening. This is the hot dog extraordinaire Mike Rudd, Chris Hawker, signing off. Spread good vibes. Demand the best from yourself. Carpe diem, everybody. You are just listening to the Hot Dog Stand Chronicles. Until next time, the hot dog extraordinaire has signed off. Thanks for tuning in.